Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host, Bill Bannum. And in this HR Chat, we're going to consider how HR and leaders can best combat data security concerns. My guest this time is Or Lenchner, CEO of Bright Data, the tech platform on a mission to shine a light on the internet, making it transparent once again. Or is a tech-savvy entrepreneur and a web and technology enthusiast who believes that data is like water, i.e. it should always be transparent and available to all. Bright Data's advanced proxy network and online data solutions deliver reliable, structured data to organizations, helping them make smarter, informed decisions faster and more effectively. Since his appointment as CEO of Bright Data, formerly Luminati Networks, Orr has continued to expand the company's market base as an online data collection platform dedicated to delivering complete web transparency. Bright Data's thousands of customers include Fortune 500 companies, major e-commerce firms and sites, prominent finance firms, leading security operators, travel sites, academic and public sector organizations. Or welcome to the HR Chat Show today. Hey, thank you for having me. So beyond my reintroduction there, or why don't you start by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself? Take 60 seconds and tell them all about your career background and your current role. Yeah, so I'm a product guy. What I like doing the most and still doing today also as, as part of being CEO is um, working on products, web products for web data collection. What we're doing uh, is helping our customers, thousands of companies uh, from around the world to collect web data that should be public for all, but the reality is that it's not public if you're trying to collect it in mass scale. So we're talking about data that you and I can see as individuals, but if you're trying to collect this data in larger scale, usually for competitive reasons, then you will be blocked. In addition, it's very hard to see this data from different eyes or different eyes of consumers or uh, individuals from around the world. This is another problem that we help solving here in Bright Data. Okay, perfect. Thank you very much. Now then, uh, it's been it's been a heck of a ride since the beginning of 2020. In fact, since Q1 of 2020, huge swaths of employees have been have been working from home as part of the crisis that we've all been going through. In your opinion, or what are what are some of the implications for data security of on mass working from home? Yeah, so from my experience, and I can talk obviously only on my company, the implications actually weren't that massive. So before COVID started, we allowed and even encouraged our employees to work from anywhere they want around the world. So Today, we're around 230 employees. We grew a lot uh, during 2020. And since day one, I would say from 2014, uh, any employee could work from home, from the beach, from abroad, from ever uh, they would like to do that. So we had to make sure that we also have the right infrastructure to support that. Uh, again, also from the security point of view. So for us, it wasn't that 
big of a hassle to, to make sure it's all okay when COVID started. I also talked a lot about it with other companies, with our other fellow CEOs, with some of our customers. And we saw that it kind of developed to those who already supported remote working, which was just you know, not, a, not a major change for them. And those who actually never prepared to it, and then they had to shift focus from business to allowing working remotely. And a lot of that had to do with making sure everything is secure. So I think I think it's fair to say that business leaders need to make their peace with the fact that cybersecurity risks exist. You know, that's just <laughs> that's just a fact. And, and there's no such thing as being 100% secure. You may tell me differently, um, but what, what can leaders do to define and recognize their most important assets, business outcomes, customer experiences, and, and work towards creating a protective environment? I think that you can always you know, add more layers and always make sure that you have the right talent within the company to handle these things and always read the right blogs and listen to the right podcasts to make sure that you're always on top of everything. However, I think that the most important thing that you can do as, as a leader and, and even as you know, just any company that wants to make sure that their, its data is secure is to be humble. Being humble means that, like you just you know stated, it, it's ne there's never a hundred percent. So yeah, do what you know, investigate, learn, and improve. But acknowledge that there's always someone who already experienced more than you, and knows more than you, and it's always good practice to ask for advice. So what we're usually doing, and we have procedures to do that is to actually take external auditors to do those checks on us, for us. And sometimes you'll be surprised how, how they are able to find things that we, we, we couldn't really understand how we missed, but it happens to any company. So every company has its own business focus. For us, is collecting web data uh, in an ethical manner. That's what we're doing. This is our products, our product that we're selling to our customers. Yeah, we need to also handle secure security and making sure our data is secured. But it's not our forte. It's not what we were born to do. So it's important to acknowledge that and onboard others that can do it for you, like every six months or a year, something like that. Okay, thank you very much. So HR departments, they're, they're responsible for the, for the upkeep of, of the, the employer brand, of course. And increasingly, or this means taking over management of, of social media presence from, from the marketing team who traditionally would have handled all of that stuff. Many brands, however, are, are experiencing increased brand and intellectual property infringements over various social networks. Can, can you maybe share some of the the top reasons causing these trends? So actually I can share from, uh, I, we, I, we have in Brightet a very unique point of view on this subject because unlike many other companies that will just answer that from their internal point of view, we have a very um, solid 
external point of view because our platform and our products is also being used for monitoring and finding these um, what you call copyright infringement and other type of let's call it abuse um, i have to say that the stakeholders within the company uh, that are using a product like ours to tackle this issue are not coming from the hr departments yet so i'm not sure that this shift is actually really happening now, it's still considered to be more of a product and engineering issue to solve. And it's easier for these entities to sit under the marketing departments as it was in the more traditional world. And it's harder to them, to these entities within the company, the product and engineering to shift towards the HR departments. Sometimes they can't really be managed by, by the managers of the HR department. So, I think that the company should first build the infrastructure within the HR department to support these resources and only then it will actually happen. So you can get a decision that this is how it should happen, but if there's no one that can that knows how to manage these resources, it will like in in the real world it will stay under the marketing team. How can organizations such as yours go into uh, into a client organization and educate the, the folk in the HR department? That, that's a really great question because I think that at least from my point of view in, in this company, the solution is pretty much the same solution no matter what we're talking about. So the only way that um, I am solving this in, in my company is just to take these people and put them on the marketing department for a while. And to do that, just be a regular employee, quote unquote, in the marketing department and do it there. That's the only way to actually learn by, you know, imitating those who are already doing it and then getting back to the HR department. So we have this document. It's an internal company document, but it's public for all that we call the company DNA, spridedata.com slash DNA. One of the most important values in this document is just learning by doing and first of all we want the employees to do and only then they can actually own the project or the product or the you know the um, the, resp the responsibility so just to summarize this i would take and this is what we are actually doing taking the hr employees putting them under the marketing the relevant marketing um, manager for two weeks a month it depends on on what they need to do and just do it. And after they you know, know it better, sometimes even master it, it will take longer, but sometimes even master it, then they can bring it back to their home uh, department, the HR department, and you know, do the official shift between the departments. Okay, I like that. It's, it's, it's a simple idea, but an effective one. Shadowing other departments, learning from them, seems to make sense to me all. Um, now then, you presented a session last year for the University of Oxford and Royal Holloway University of London. And in that session, you offered an overview of some of the major shifts currently happening in data collection and how those shifts are, are probably here to stay, is what you said. Can, can you share some of those lessons from that presentation and explain why they matter to HR professionals and to 
leaders. So for example, perhaps there was information that you shared in, in that session around employee privacy. The changes in, in you know, evolution that we're seeing are global. They are covering every, every department and every industry. So I'll, I'll mention a few. One of them obviously is HR and, and employee related industries. But we saw during 2020, obviously um, thanks or due to COVID that the world has shifted online. That, that's not new, it's happening for the last couple of decades, but the, everything was expedited. So we see today the numbers that we expected to see in the year of 2030. So in just four or five weeks in March and April 2020, everything was pushed forward 10 years and it's not going to go back. So we saw it, for example, in the e-commerce world, people just had to buy things, products, groceries, presents, gifts, whatever it is, and they had to do it online. Every physical store in the world was just locked down for a year. This is one thing, but also we saw some interesting things that will impact most of the societies. So for example, uh, countries with bad internet connection and bad internet infrastructure had to push themselves forward fast because these the, the, the country the, the, the country um, citizens, for example, couldn't work from home. So for example, some developing countries that has good internet connection in their offices and many of the global workforce is located in these countries, these employees went home and they didn't have any internet connection at home. So they started using their mobile phones, but that's not stable for sure, not sustainable. So the, those countries started to you know, expedite any um, internet infrastructure plan they ever had. And once that happens, everything is moving forward. So now you have developing countries that can work from home. This is something new. You, you were talking about millions of employees that doesn't have to go to the main city, to the office, like driving two hours uh, in the morning and two hours back in the evening, they can just work from home. So we have more people that can work more hours from home because the internet infrastructure supports that. This obviously also brought, brought some security issues that, but most of these employees are working for global companies that already solve these security issues for, for employees in other countries. So it's just, you know, doing more of the same. I don't think that the security will be a major issue here. I'd like to now spend a couple of minutes with you and, um, and focus on a, on a use case, um, namely Matheson, who are a diversity hiring technology company. Um, so they partnered with Bright Data uh, to, to gather and source information from, from diversity talent networks. And then they use that to identify top talent. Can you, can you now take two minutes or, and, and share a little bit of that case with, with our listeners? 
Yeah, of course, I'll be happy to. So Matheson is, is a leading diversity hiring technology company, which is very unique and special on its own. They tapped into online data collection to gather and source information from diversity talent networks to, to identify talent. This is what they're doing. So once we collect the, the data for them, or once they're using our products, right, data products to collect the data, then they present the information about job seekers to companies looking to hire diverse um, candidates, allowing them to reach out and, and start recruiting. So they are a platform, even a, um, say a marketplace for hiring um, for diver diversity. You can't really, I mean, when we're talking about marketplace, we're talking about supply and demand. You have to start, it's the regular chicken and egg problem. So you have to start with something. You have to, to start with supply if you want to generate de demand. The way that Matheson, or one of the ways that Matheson generate this, this supply is to use our data collection products to identify these potential candidates and then you know do the connections between them and to those uh, usually corporations that uh, are looking to diversify, diversify their uh, workforce. So just, just one number to share, according to Glassdoor, 57% of people think their company should be doing more to increase diversity among its workforce. So Matheson are doing that and we're helping them with generating the, the supply side. Perfect. Uh, maybe just a little bit of a follow-up question there. How else or how else can online data support recruitment efforts? It's all coming back to the availability of data. And I'm talking about uh, publicly data, pu public data only. So the web is the biggest data source in the world and it's growing and getting bigger and bigger every single second you have so much valuable and precious data th there. For example, on, on websites that showcase this data on, on a public view uh, about, about different people and their skills. Uh, the problem starts when you can't really obtain this data, which means that what should have been public isn't really public. It's not really accessible. In most cases, because that website will try to block anyone from gather this public information in large scale. And obviously, we're talking about about tech companies. I mean, Matheson, for example, it's a top-notch tech company. You don't want to do things in a manual way. It's not effective. You want to automate processes. So one way to automate the process, for example, is to collect data in an automated way. This is what we're doing. So if it's in Matheson's case, this is for, for uh, diversity, we see many other cases of collecting, let's call it people information, again, all public, usually to make sure that there's a possible and high chance match between that person to someone who's looking to hire. So we're talking about tech companies that are doing these matches between um, individuals with specific skills 
to companies that are looking for these individuals. Um, the web is not transparent as it should be. It should be easy and it should be accessible and you should be able to hire. I mean, hiring the right pe person is a good thing. That's a valuable thing. It's good for the world. That person just got a good job. That company just got a good person to work in uh, with. But unfortunately, that's not the case. This public data is usually being blocked. And this is what we're helping to solve. We are almost at the end of this interview already. What's that? Yeah. I hear you say, no, Bill, I want to do this for another five hours. Well, we can please. <laughs> Um, but before we do wrap up for today, how can our listeners connect with you personally through LinkedIn or perhaps you want to share your email, maybe you're really cool and you're on TikTok. And also, how can they learn more about all of the cool things happening over at Bright Data? Sure. So I'm always, always, always happy to talk to anyone about anything related to data and data collection. My email is or or at brightdata.com, bright data in one word. By the way, or it means light in Hebrew. I know it's a bit strange, but yeah, that's uh, that's the name, just O-R. And you can find me on LinkedIn, it's O-R, or, and my last name is Lenschner, L-E-N-C-H-N-E-R. And the best place to go, I would say, is brightdata.com. We have some very good resources there to start and learn about what we're doing or about what data collection means, why every single company in the world must collect data to succeed. That's not me saying, that's my customers saying. And we also have the Bright Data um, Initiative, which we help lots of um, academic institutions, NGOs, NPOs, Every, every, everyone who needs to collect data to improve the world um, can join this initiative and we'll be happy to support, usually with, with a free service. We have more than 60 um, universities using us till date and growing fast. So just feel free to contact us. You'll always get an answer. Perfect. And I think that's one of the best reasons I've ever had from one of my guests as to why our listeners should reach out to them. And that's because it will help improve the world, listeners. So get, get involved. Um, but for now, all that just leaves me to say thank you so much for being a guest on this episode of the HR Chat Show. Thanks a lot. It was a real pleasure. And listeners, as always, until next time, happy working and please do continue to stay safe. Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette.